Good morning, church. So we're still in the Minor Prophets, and today we're going over the book of Habakkuk. So if you have your Bibles out, Habakkuk. And then just a little brief history. Habakkuk actually means wrestler. That's what the name means. And during this time, Judah, the nation of Judah, um, is wicked. It's perverse. It's fallen away from what it should be. And we see a prophet who's frustrated and, and disappointed with his people. And we also see Habakkuk complain to the Lord. He cries out, and he's wrestling with what the Lord is doing. Habakkuk 1-2. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. You guys turned on the news recently and seen all the violence and just sadness. You look at it and you're disappointed in what people are doing to each other. It's just terrible. But we also see it on our campuses, schools, I mean, even at home. It's just violence. It's, it's not right. Maybe you guys are wondering, where's God? Why isn't he stopping this? What is he doing? Or maybe you've had questions like, if God is good, why does he allow suffering? Or if there's a devil, why doesn't God just take him out? Or you could be going through something personally, internally, and you just cry out, God, why? Can you hear me? I'm crying out to you. Can you hear me? But are you really expecting a, an answer? And I think that's where we differ from Habakkuk. And we'll see in chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. I will stand my watch. Are we standing for the Lord? Are we sitting? Maybe watching TV or scrolling through the phone. You should have determination just like Habakkuk. And set myself on the rampart. So a rampart is structured like a tower or a high wall. And that's how far Habakkuk was willing to go. He wanted to get as close as he could to God, the highest tower, to get away from all the distractions. Turn the TV off. Turn your phone off. Let's be like Habakkuk and 
focus on the Lord, our Heavenly Father. And watch to see what he will say to me. That's expectation. He's waiting. He's determined. He's isolated. And now he's expecting. He's focused. And God gives Habakkuk an answer. And I think this answer is also to us as well. Habakkuk 2.4 Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. That's pretty powerful. The just shall live by faith. You guys are probably thinking, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not just. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm bad. I'm no good. So how could you be made just? So that's the incredible thing about our salvation. And John, when he did the communion, he touched on it. Jesus is, is taking our place. It's the whole point of the bread and the, the juice. We're justified in God's eyes through Jesus Christ. And right now, I'd like everybody to just open their hearts and their minds. And I'm going to say a quick prayer. So if we could all bow our heads, close our eyes. Thank you, Lord. I know that I'm not good. I'm a sinner, and my ways are not enough. But I see Jesus on the cross at Calvary, paying the price for my sins. Every sin I've ever committed, am committing, or ever will commit. And turn from it now and allow your blood to cleanse me. So Jesus is the way to give favor. And thank you, Lord. Amen. He's our sanctification. He's the satisfaction. He's the lamb that was slain in our place. And I think that's the gem of Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 4. In Romans 1, verse 17, For therefore in righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul writes this way later. But yet Habakkuk in the Old Testament is speaking of what Jesus Christ will do for you and for me. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we see him crying out to God. Lord, what is going on? We see what he does with determination and isolation and expecting an answer. We've got the answer. And now we see Habakkuk rejoicing. He rejoices in what God has done for him. And Habakkuk 3.19, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk 
on my high hills. So we see Habakkuk rejoicing in the Lord because God will strengthen those who trust in him. He will give those who live by faith the same confidence that a sure-footed deer has in climbing mountains. And the just or the righteous, with God's strength, will walk on high hills. God, we should be rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So there's only three small chapters in Habakkuk. Went over it very briefly, but thank you guys. And I'm going to introduce Josh, who's doing the next Minor Prophet. Morning, guys. So I am speaking on Jonah. Um, I'm sure you guys know about the story of Jonah. It's pretty common. Uh, like your kids probably know it. I know when I was younger, one of my favorite movies was the VeggieTales version of Jonah. Um, and if you're an adult right now, I recommend to watch it. But uh, Jonah was a prophet uh, to the nation of Israel. But in this account, God had commanded him to go and preach to the Az- Azrians in the city of Nineveh. Now, just some context. Nineveh was a city of around 120,000 people, which is really big, um, especially for that time. And in the city of Nineveh, it was filled with violence, uh, witchcraft, immorality, and a sin of every kind. Um, In verse 2, God said, Further wickedness has come up before me. Also, the Azrians were the enemies of Israel, which is where Jonah was a prophet to. Um, In chapter 4, verse 2, Jonah says, That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate a compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. In other words, Jonah knew that God is sending him to that place and that if they were to repent, God would save them and redeem them. Jonah wasn't a big fan of this idea because, first of all, super violence, the odds of him maybe getting even killed or hurt is very high, and he doesn't like the Azrians. Are we, we got any Dodgers fans in here? Maybe? Yeah? So... I'm sorry, I see an Angels fan and I feel really bad. But the last two games, it was 7-1 to and 9-1. to That's pretty bad. But as a Dodgers fan, we rejoice in this, right? We love to see our opponent suffer, okay? Jonah, Dodgers fan, okay? Azrians, Angels, he doesn't want to help them. And it makes sense, right? Sorry. Our message this morning doesn't have as much to do with the weakness of Nineveh as it has to do with the disobedience of Jonah. And let me say um, on the outset that when God makes it clear he wants us to do something, the last thing we want to do is disobey him. It's like when your dad tells you to do something, you do it. Stop jumping on the couch. If your wife tells you to take the trash out, you take the trash out, right? <laughs> Uh, so as we look at this message, um, there's three things about Jonah. One, he made a foolish mistake. Two, he made a deliberate choice. And three, he made a conscious decision. In verse 2, God says to Jonah to get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment because I have seen how wicked its people are. But instead, 
the Bible says Jonah chose to flee. He said no, unlike Habakkuk. Habakkuk, the name is a little weird. He did really good. Um, Two things. He refused to obey God's word. Um, Jonah could have prevented all of this. This whole story could have been solved if he obeyed God's clear command. But instead of that, he made the foolish mistake in thinking he could run from God, get on a ship, and leave town. Um, the Bible says the word of the Lord came onto Jonah. God spoke very clearly and very uh, pointedly to Jonah. There was no mistake that Jonah heard what God said. The mistake, rather, was that Jonah refused to disobey God. Where we as God's people get in trouble is when we knowingly turn away from his word. He may not speak to us audibly or verbally, um, but he does, uh, as he did with Jonah, he does speak through his written word, the Bible. Um, Job 33, 8 says, You have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard your very words. God also speaks to us by impressing his will upon our hearts. The Holy Spirit, who lives within, convicts and guides us so that there is no mistake in knowing what God wants us to do. Uh, Psalm 32, 8, it says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. In John 14, chapter 26, it says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you I have told you. There could be someone here today in this room that God has been speaking to, um, but you've maybe been reluctant, reluctant to obey. Um, maybe you're, you're thinking it over like, or possibly you're like Jonah and you've just decided not to do what he's asking you. It's a big mistake. God could be speaking to you about maybe becoming a Christian or he could be speaking to you about some hidden sin, um, maybe a grudge that you've held against a family member or a close relative or a close friend, um, or maybe just the pathway of life that you're on right now. Uh, here's the point. If God has spoken to us, we need to obey him. The biggest mistake we make is just simply, simply refusing to do what he wants us to do. The second thing is that he attempted to flee God's presence. It was bad enough that he disobeyed God. Um, now he actually tried running away from God. Uh, when, we, when we do a sin or we lie, we start to spiral in it. One lie turns into a bigger one and it just becomes a bigger mess. I was watching, I don't know if you guys know what live PD is, maybe, but I was watching a video uh, the other day and there was a highway patrol officer and this guy was speeding, um, and he goes to pull him over, just a normal traffic stop. And he pulls him over, and the guy takes off, just books it. And what comes, it, what, it, it was nothing bad. It was just a, just a normal traffic stop. He ended up getting arrested because you can't flee from the cops. So what started as a small thing, maybe just a ticket, maybe even not a ticket, um, turned into something bigger. And I don't blame him. Sometimes I'm driving, and I see that, and I think, I could totally outrun the cops. I'm driving down the freeway, I look at the exit, I was like, if I go over three lanes, drift around the corner, I've seen lots of uh, Fast and Furious, so I'm like, I could do it, right? Uh, maybe he was thinking that. Um, that guy, that was Jonah. God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh, and Jonah said, no, I am out of here, and he booked it out. How foolish is it for anyone to think that they can outrun God? The psalmist wrote um, in Psalm 139.7, can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. 
First, Jonah made a foolish mistake. He refused to obey God's word, and he attempted to flee God's presence. Secondly, he made a deliberate choice. Keep in mind, he had the opportunity to do right. Jonah could have done the right thing. He could have obeyed, but he chose not to. Jonah's decision was not something he just decided on a whim or an impulse. He gave some serious thought to this. Um, The Bible says that he went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord, sailing to Tarshish. So obviously he had plenty of time to think about what God had told him. Nowadays, if we want to go see a movie, we just grab our phone and we buy the ticket online, right? Not then, right? He, He didn't have his iPhone 10 or whatever. He had to go walk down. It was a whole process to buy a ticket. So he had plenty of time to think about the Lord or what the Lord had asked him to do. Today, God is giving you some, some of you an opportunity to do the right thing. I don't know what it may be, but there's no doubt that in a gathering of this size, that not one of you is, is in this situation. There's always people that need to make decisions. But the wonderful thing about God is that he always gives us the opportunity to do right. And the choices are laid before us, and we are allowed to choose freely. He had put aside sound reasoning. And when a man decides not to listen to God, when he turns and goes his own way, he has, for the moment, thrown all reasoning out the window. Have you guys ever heard someone say, I don't know what got into me? Maybe if you're a parent, you've heard that from your child. Um, Or have you ever just looked at someone, maybe it's your husband or it's your kid or your friend, and you're just like, what the heck is that guy doing? Why would you do that? Um, What are they thinking? Uh, when, When we are younger, we learn the cause and effects of our actions, right? Wrong, because we end up doing the same thing over and over again, and sometimes people just don't learn. There's a story, and you guys can't judge me because when this happened, I think it was like six or something. So I was still learning my cause and effect. I had gotten in trouble for something I did, and I was walking with my mom in our apartment. Um, There was streets that looped around, and we're walking, and I'm mad, and I'm walking behind her, frustrated, and I don't know what got into me. But I picked up like a little tiny piece of asphalt, a little rock, and I just threw it out of frustration. And... The Lord probably moved it to where it hit my mom on the shoulder. And at that moment, I could see the Lord. Um, and I learned, I learned my lesson there. Um, never did it again because of the chocolate. Uh, and I, I have to confess that judging is a bad thing, right? It's actually a terrible thing. But when someone does something stupid, it's just natural instinct. We just, we just judge. We're just like, why would you do that? Um, and my first thought is they've clearly never been chocolate before. But seriously, when a person chooses not to listen to God, and it is a choice, he has to put aside all sound reasoning. When the storm arose and the sailors feared for their lives, Jonah told them the storm was because of him. He was running from God. They said the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. In other words, what were you thinking, is what the sailors were saying. That's Jonah's problem, is that he wasn't thinking. He put aside uh, his reasoning. When a Christian disobeys God, he is not in his right mind, at least not in his right spiritual mind. And let me add that there's nowhere to go from this point except down. 
When Jonah fled from the Lord, he went down to Joppa. And then in verse 5, it says he had gone down into the sides of the ship. Then he was thrown overboard and went down into the sea and finally down into the mouth of a fish. And don't you think by this time, Jonah was probably feeling a little down in the mouth? <laughs> How's it going, huh? <laughs> but you can't keep a good man down because it wouldn't be long before Jonah would get his act together. It took a whale. Um, he made a conscious decision. He had no excuses. No one forced Jonah to disobey. No one forces us to make decisions, right? No one coerced him into doing something he knew he shouldn't do. We live in a day where people are always trying to shift the blame. You know, maybe they say, like, the devil made me do it. Um, in truth, it's pretty close. I'm going to throw my sister under the bus. Her name is Natalie. She was a troublemaker, and she would always shift blame. Josh did it, or Josh told me to do it. I would never ask her for anything. She would blame everybody but herself, right? I don't know if you guys know who Billy Sunday is, but he was a baseball player, and he turned into an evangelist. He says that an excuse is the skin of a reason stuck to a lie. Jonah knew he had made the wrong move, and he admitted it. In verse 12, he said to the sailors, Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again, and I know this terrible storm is my fault. You know, the best thing someone can do in Jonah's predicament is just not to get there in the first place. I'm sure you've heard that from your parents before. Like, why you wouldn't be in this situation if you didn't do that in the first place. But in the first place, we weren't thinking right. Um, and if, like Jonah, you're already in that, taking that wrong step, stop, turn around, and go in the other direction. When Jonah found himself in the belly of the whale, the Bible says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, and inside of the ship, fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. And then look what he said about himself in chapter 2, verse 8. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. And that's a, it's a really big statement from him. Jonah knew all this time that he was out of step with God. He just took three days and three nights in the belly of a whale to get him to admit it. And let me encourage you guys this morning that if you're feeling down in the mouth, if you feel like Jonah, do the right thing and simply turn to God and say, Lord, I am here. I am no longer going to run from you. I do want your will accomplished in my life. Make it happen today. He knew the consequences. As a chosen prophet of God, someone who is used to preaching repentance of God's judgment, Jonah knew full well that there would eventually be consequences for what he decided to do. Jonah said to the sailors, throw me into the sea. He knew that it was him. It will become calm again, and I know this terrible storm is my fault. There's always consequences to bad decisions, all decisions that we make that are, we're not thinking through. And decisions we make when we choose to turn from God's will, Jonah found that out. It took a whale. But thank God he eventually got it right when the whale spit him from spit him out on the ground, he hit the ground running, and he was a changed man. In Jonah chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, it says, But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given to you. 
This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's comment and went to Nineveh, a city so large it took him three days to see it all. Let's not wait until God sends a whale into our direction. Hopefully you guys never get swallowed by one. Um, <laughs> or a, a visit to the hospital, or maybe a family crisis, or um, whatever it may be. The Bible says that when Jonah went down into the ship, he was fast asleep and it took a storm to wake him up. Let's not wait until a storm in our life comes and wakes us up. In closing, um, let me just encourage you guys to think of the message. And if you need to come and make some things right with God this morning, um, don't put it off. I know it's super easy every Sunday. It's a, it's a routine for us to walk in through the doors. And we sit down, we worship, maybe raise our hands, chit-chat, or maybe you just book it straight out and you're back to your normal life. And it's like everything you heard just goes out the window. Um, this may be the very day God is giving you the opportunity to turn and go in the right direction. You may need to become a Christian maybe, or you may need to forgive a friend or get rid of a, a grudge that you've been holding that's been weighing you down. Or uh, maybe you're a believer, but you've just been living like Jonah. Come and settle it today. Uh, in a couple minutes, the worship, not the worship team, the prayer team will be up here. Um, and they've been praying ahead of time for you guys. So if you guys are like Jonah, maybe um, I encourage you to come forward. And uh, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Dear Lord, um, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for everybody in this room, Lord. And I just pray that. If there's anyone in this room right now that maybe feels like Jonah, that hears your voice, that they can just open their hearts, open their ears, and take it in, Lord, and that you can help them move into the right direction. I know it is not easy, Lord, and maybe they know someone that is Jonah. I pray that you can just use them to encourage them, to, to push them in the right direction, Lord. I thank you for everything. I thank you for this Sunday and everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen.